Jeremiah 32 and verse 27. Impossible is nothing. By the help of the Holy Spirit, one of the things that I'm trying to achieve with this series of messages is to help us have a reorientation, a change of our mindset. Because I've discovered, according to the word of God, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, and I believe it's verse 7. Nobody can be greater than their thought life. You are a reflection of how you think. Your life is a reflection of your thought pattern. And so if you, if you are given to wrong thinking, then you can imagine what the outcome of your life will be. If you are given to right thinking, then you can also imagine what the outcome of your life will be. The Bible says, for as a thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your life would wind up exactly as a reflection of your thoughts. So, one of the things that we always think about as human beings is that we are faced many, many times with challenges and situations that look impossible. You could hear that from some of the testimonies today. Is it possible to go through a school and not have a receipt? Yes, it is possible. Some say, no, it is not possible. If you go to school of nursing or if you go to medical school, you have to have a receipt. <laughs> it's a way of thinking. Some say that um, if you're in Nigeria, you have to lie before you can get things done. It's a way of thinking. And so they go ahead lying. They lie, 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 get into government. They lie and continue lying. It's a way of thinking. Wrong thoughts will produce wrong results. Right thoughts will always Reduce rise is all because the Bible says, and the scripture cannot be broken. For as it thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what the Holy Ghost is trying to get across to us in this season is that impossible is nothing. It doesn't matter who says it is impossible. It doesn't matter the authority with which they have said it. If that authority is not higher than the authority of the word of God, I submit to you this morning that impossible is nothing. We looked at some accounts last week. Very quickly, we look at our, uh, our main text, Jeremiah 32, verse 17, and then verse 27. And then I want to conclude what we started last week today by the help of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. It says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Somebody say, nothing is too hard for God. All your problems, all your challenges, everything you're going through, it might be hard for you, but it's not hard for God. Nothing is bigger than God. Nothing is bigger than God. Verse 27, it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me. God is saying to you this morning, can you show me that situation that is too hard for me? It might be too hard for your president. It might be too hard for your sponsor. But the Lord said, as far as he is the Lord and is the God of all flesh, nothing is too hard for him. Last week we stopped at the point where we looked at the nation Israel as God was taking them away from captivity. They had been in captivity in the land of Egypt for 430 years. That is 10 generations going to 11 generations. 
So many of them were born and they died in slavery. They never knew freedom. They never tasted freedom. They didn't know what freedom was like. Because they were born in slavery and they died in slavery. And Egypt was not uh, a small country by any standard. Egypt at that time was the world power. It was the center of commerce. It was the center of governance and everything. In fact, the center of civilization. Everything that you could talk about. Like we look at America today, like the number one nation in the world. Egypt was that country at that time. Egypt, however, was a nation that was sold to idolatry. They were serving about 2,000 gods. 2,000. Before you sacrifice to one, is a problem. Imagine sacrificing to 2,000 gods. Yet, God said, look, I'm going to get my children out of this place. I'm going to get my people out of slavery, out of bondage. I'm going to have to change their mindset. I want them to serve me, the living God. I want them to fulfill their destiny. And so it was not going to be a small job at all. And God raised the man Moses. And God sent him to go and set the people free from the bondage and the captivity under the hands of Pharaoh, who was in charge of the world at the time. You know, Pharaoh won't let you go easy. And God already warned Moses, this guy won't let you go easy. He said, but I will stretch out my hand, my mighty hand, and I will let my people go. And so that was it. There were several plagues that came upon the land. Pharaoh would say, okay, go, 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 go. Then he would say, come back, don't go again. Come back here. Because the man was under the influence of gods. He was under the influence of demons. Very demonic powers. And so he would not let them go easy. But finally, God said, don't worry, I'm coming and I'm going to smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh himself that sat upon the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner in the dungeon. Even to the firstborn of the cattle. And so there was that final straw. That final stroke that went through the land of Egypt. Throughout the land of Egypt, the Bible says that there was not one house where there was not at least one dead. Finally, Pharaoh said, you can go. And as they were going, all of a sudden, I guess the gods influenced him again. He said, look, no, this is not going to go. They can't just go like that. They are our slaves. They are the ones building our houses. They are the ones working for us. They are making the money. We are spending it. Can you imagine? The Israelites were making the money, but the Egyptians were spending the money. So they were walking like elephants and they were eating like ants. That is never the plan of God for anybody. If that is your situation today, may God turn that around in the name of Jesus. And so as they were going, finally, Pharaoh decided to pursue them. Exodus 14 from verse 13 to 31. We read this last week and so I'm not going to read it again. But one thing that happened that is noteworthy among so many other things was that God came down and fought for his people. The angel of God that was leading the children of Israel that was in front with the cloud, the pillar of cloud. The Bible says he moved from that place and came behind them. When he came behind them, the pillar also came behind them. And so the pillar was giving light all night to the children of Israel. Same pillar gave darkness to the people of Egypt who were coming. Pharaoh and all his chariots and all his horsemen. He gave them darkness to decelerate them. Because otherwise, they will catch up with the children of Israel. So as he was giving these ones acceleration, he was giving these ones deceleration. The same God that brings acceleration can bring deceleration. Are you with me, church? That is why nothing is impossible for him to handle. The same God who made the sun, <laughs> this sun, when it shines on clay, will harden the clay. The same sun will shine on wax and melt it. The same sun. 
So the same God who can bring acceleration can also bring deceleration because there is nothing impossible for him to do. In Psalm 78 and verse 13, the NIV says, he divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. Have you ever seen a water wall before? I bet it none of, none of us. At best, we have read of it in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, can water stand like a wall? Have you ever tried at home to make water stand? You and I know that is as far as the, the uh, physics is concerned, as far as the physical realm is concerned, that is not possible. But God made it happen. God suspended water. Made it stand. It, the Bible says it was a wall unto them on their left. Exodus 14. It was a wall unto them on their right. I can imagine that scenery. That would be a beautiful scenery. And if I was a professional photographer and I was among them, I would quickly bring out my camera to take pictures. To see water stand. Now, that would be a transparent wall. Are, are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? Water standing like a wall. And it stood like a wall until the last of them passed through that Red Sea. And the people of Egypt, the chariots of Pharaoh and all his horsemen got into the sea. They were also enjoying the largesse of the children of God. They also walked on dry ground. But they didn't know that God had a master stroke of divine strategy. And God was going to release the final master stroke of his divine strategy. When he told Moses, now Moses, stretch forth your hand again, your rod, over the sea. And the sea returned in its full strength. By the time it was returning, the Egyptians wanted to run away. In fact, one of the things that God did also was that he, he sent his angels and they removed the, the wheels of the chariots. It's like somebody pursuing you, chasing after you, driving behind you, trying to catch up with you, trying to overtake you. And all of a sudden, the four tires are gone. The Egyptians cried out. They said, ah, let's go back. Because the God of the Israelites is fighting for them. May God fight for you. When God fights, he doesn't have to fire a bullet. You don't have to fight because it's not your battle. You do your own bit by praying. God does his own part by fighting. And for you, it is sweatless triumph. And I enjoy it. Let me say all to you, church people, God's people this morning. The same God that turned the standing rock. This same God that turned water into a standing wall or turned water into standing walls. Also turned the standing rock into water. God, listen to me very quickly and very keenly. God, as they were going through the Red Sea, made the waters to stand like a wall. On the left and on the right. When they needed water in Numbers chapter 20, God made a standing rock. Turned it into a fountain of water. So God can turn water into a rock. God can turn a rock into water. Are you with me this morning, church? I wanted to get that about God. So he can accelerate. He can decelerate. He can make things happen very Fast. Make it very snappy. And he can choose to say, hey, calm down. Slow down and walk according to my dictate. In Psalm 114 and verse 8. Psalm 114 and verse 8. I'd like that to be on the screen, please. Psalm 114 verse 8. Verse 8. 
He said, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. If you ever hold a piece of stone, a piece of rock, now it is dry. How can water come out of a rock? A rock is not something that contains water. It's dry. If you break it, the best that will happen is that it turns to sand, not water. Yet, in Numbers 20, as the children of Israel needed water, God had spoken to Moses to speak to the rock. But because the people provoked Moses, they provoked him to anger. And he could not manage his anger anymore at that point. You know what he did? The Bible says he smote the rock twice, forgetting that that is the rock of ages. That's a symbol, actually, of the rock of ages. And God is the rock of ages. Can I have an amen to that? God said, speak. Moses hit the rock twice. Now, water gushed out. And they drank water. Nobody can produce water out of a rock. But God still honored Moses. And God said, look, I told you to speak. But you hit the rock. And you are not going to lead. Because of what you have done, you are not going to lead these people to the promised land. That was how Moses, the man of God, missed it. But the point I want you to get is that God can turn water into a rock to stand. God can turn a standing rock into water. So there is nothing that you need that God cannot manufacture. Can I have an amen? He alone is the God who can make and unmake. He can do and then he can undo. In Job 42 and verse 2, Job said, I know that you can do all things. I know that you can do everything. In 1 John 3, 8, the Bible says, For this cause was the Son of God made manifest, even to destroy, that is to undo, all the works of the devil. So God can do, Job 42 verse 2, I know you can do everything. God can undo. For this cause was the Son of God made manifest, even to undo. The works of the enemy. Listen to me, church. If the enemy has done anything in your life, in your family, in your lineage, God can undo it. And he will undo it in the name of Jesus. Can I have a better amen to that? Let's look at Psalm 107. I'm wrapping that up. Psalm 107, verses 33. Uh, let's just read about three verses there. Psalm 107 from verse 33. 107. The book of Psalms, 107. I'm trying to make you see the abilities, some of the abilities of our God. We can't see it all. But just see the, the few that he will grant us to see from his word. Verse 33. The Bible says, it turned rivers. Let's read it together. Let's read it together. Want to go. Want, I want to hear you read. Want to go. It turned rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. Please follow this very keenly. Follow this very keenly. It turns what? Come on, talk to me, church. It turns what? Rivers into what? A wilderness. All right. And the water springs into what? So there was water, and God turned water into dry ground. All right? It turned rivers flowing with water into a wilderness. Go to the next verse, verse 34. A fruitful land into barrenness. It was fruitful, but then God turned it to barrenness. Why? For the wickedness of them that dwell therein. When people are wicked, they can provoke God. They can provoke him into action. And they will see the kind of results that they don't want to see by virtue of their wickedness. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah. The next verse, verse 35. It turned the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. Can you see that this is like the opposite of verse 33? 
Let, let's go through verse 33 again. We'll just do 33 and 35. I want you to see this. That as God can move you in this direction, it can move you also in the opposite direction. It turned rivers into a wilderness. And the water springs into dry ground. No, go to verse 35 now. Now, he turned the wilderness into a standing water. In verse 33, it turns rivers into a wilderness. In verse 35, it's turning a wilderness into a standing water. Verse 33, the water springs into dry ground, right? Verse 35, dry ground into water springs. Can you see how great our God is? And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation, and sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruit of increase. Verse 38, he blessed them also. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. So that they are multiplied greatly. God is interested in your life multiplying. And so you will multiply greatly in the name of Jesus. And suffer it not their cattle to decrease. God would not allow their cattle to decrease. God would not allow your business to decrease. God would not allow your life to diminish in the mighty name of Jesus. Did you get the point that I just showed you in verses 33 and 35? That God can turn a wilderness, can turn a river, a flowing river into a wilderness, and he can reverse it and make a wilderness to turn into a river. Because he has the power. Revelation 19 verse 6 says, Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Once has he spoken, Psalm 62 verse 11, twice have I had it, that power belongs to God. These things are impossible with men. Magicians can't do this. They can't turn a river into a wilderness. <laughs> God says, look, I can turn a flowing river into a wilderness. A wilderness is a place, it's an arid land, no water. Like when you're traveling from Nigeria to Libya by road. I grew up in the hood, so I know some of my guys traveled to Libya back in the day from Mokola. And they'll tell you that some of them got lost in the wilderness. People died in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, it got so bad that some of them ran out of water. And because they ran out of water, they were drinking their urine. Because you cannot survive. The human body can, is not designed to survive without water after three days. You can survive without food for about seven days, but water, because our body composition, maybe about 70% of it is water. So when they run out of water, people, were, they, they would pee, right? And they would drink their pee to survive. God says, I can look at a river and turn it into a wilderness. All God needs to do is to look at the river and say wilderness, and wilderness will come forth out of a river. And God can look at a wilderness and say, river, come forth. And a river will come forth out of a wilderness. A wilderness is a dry land. Nothing grows in a wilderness. That's why when people are going through what they call the wilderness experience, it's a period in their lives when they are not fruitful. Nothing seems to be working. Business is not fine. Academically, they're not doing okay. In terms of relationship, nothing is working. Nothing is moving forward. But you have a God who is a specialist in turning a wilderness into a standing water. And so that God will turn around your season in the name of Jesus. Don't give up the ghost. Don't, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up hope because you are, you're going through what they call a wilderness experience. You serve a God 
I've shown you from the scriptures this morning who is a specialist in turning a wilderness into water. People have faced all kinds of impossible situations and yet God has shown up. John the Baptist was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 9, he said, don't mess around talking about we are the children of Abraham. We are the, you know, you're proud and you're bragging. You're bragging about the fact that you're children of Abraham. He said, look, God is able to raise children out of these stones unto Abraham. Matthew 3, 9. And think not to say within yourselves. Let's read it, everybody. One, two, go. And think not to say. I can't hear you, everybody. One, two, go. And think not to say within yourselves. We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to do what? To raise up children unto Abraham. All God has to say is to look at the stones and say, children, boom, and they come forth. Out of what? Out of stones. Stones are dead stuff. Stones are non-living things. The, John said, God is able to make living things out of non-living things. You know my prayer for you, church? Especially those of you that are listening to me. My prayer for you is that God will grant you revelation. This scripture hit me January last year. January 2023. I didn't know God was preparing me for a very tough year. The toughest year of my life yet. As a matter of fact, I don't pray for that kind of year to come anymore. But as we got into that year, you know, every year I try to read my Bible. I try to complete it. And I was in Matthew. So probably the first day of the year, I was in Matthew chapter 3. And I got to verse 9 and I couldn't move any further. Because I got stuck with a statement made by John the Baptist. He said, don't think to yourselves that, you know, we, we have Abraham for our father. We are the children of Abraham. He said, stop being proud because God is able. Anywhere you see in your Bible where the phrase is written, God is able. Mark it. Mark it. Underline it. If you have an iPad or an iPhone, highlight it. God is able. God, anywhere you see in your Bible, God is able. Mark it. That's my commandment to you from today. It will change your mind. It will change your mindset. What is God able to do? In Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. He's able to do exceeding abundantly. In Matthew 3.9, it says, And God is able to, God is able to raise children from stones. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, there is another ability of God there. And God, 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, and verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Do you understand what this means? Let's read it together. Let's take it easy. And God is able, one, two, let's go. And God is able to do what? What is grace? God's unmerited favor. God is able to make his unmerited favor, all grace. Somebody say all grace. All is all. Am I right about that? Nothing remaining. All. All grace. Abound towards you. Towards who? Come on, somebody. Towards who? Oh, no, no. Are you righteous enough? You are a sinner. Are you a saint? If you are a child of God, you are born again, you are a saint. You are no longer a sinner. Can I have an amen? So God is able to make how much grace? Abound towards who? All right. That you sometimes... Ah, come on. Don't tell me always. Because sometimes you laugh. Sometimes you cry. 
Life never tells us the whens and whys. You know this philosophy we got from R&B musicians. You know, sometimes life is high. Sometimes life is low. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. <laughs> oh my God. But the Bible says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you sometimes. When the economy is fine. Always. Always means every time. Every time means always. Including right now. Can I have an amen? amen. Able to make all grace abound towards you that you all the time having how much sufficiency? This is a good scripture for you to meditate on. You will never be broke again one more day of your life. I'm, I'm saying meditate on this and so you'll never be broke again. You are always having all sufficiency in all things. In how many things? Oh, come on. You're not, you're, not, you're not vibing it like I expected to vibe it. That you always have in how much sufficiency? In how many things? Does that include in your school fees? Does that include in your business? Does that include your profession? Does that include in your, your building project? Sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Do you know what it means to abound to every good work? Your cousin comes from the village. Auntie, please, I need to register my GC. And it's closing tomorrow. All right, how much do you need? I need 10,000 naira. Okay, send me your account, account number. You don't need to travel all the way. And then, okay, so you need to see fair. Now you need about 15,000. You credit the account. Someone else shows up. Gideon's International. They will soon be here, I guess sometime next month. They, 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 they print and distribute Bibles to schools, to hotels, and different places. And they always like to talk to churches to raise funds, which is good. I mean, when I was in GSS 1 in my secondary school, I got a Gideon's Bible, New Testament. It was in my pocket throughout GS 1 to 3. I got born again. I read that Bible. I read it like no man's business. I started preaching, and I got a convert when I was in GSS 2. That young man became a, a, a youth pastor in, a, in a, I think, New Covenant Church. Glory to God. He's in heaven now. So, Gideon's International comes and they want to raise funds. Glory be to God and we are, you are able to give something substantial to them. And you get back to your school and somebody is so down and out and depressed. I say, what's the problem? I say, I've no eaten since yesterday. What? Since yesterday? Have you been surviving? You should have told me now. I didn't want to bother you. Oh, yeah, come. What do you want to eat? And you pay for their lunch. Does that sound good? Someone is not showing up in class. Oh boy, what's, what's, what's up with you? Don't you know exams is just around the corner? struggle Because I've not paid my fees. You haven't paid your fees? What do you mean? How much do you need? I need 45k. 45 Oh, get back to school. Send me your answer. And you are able to credit them. Does that sound good? That is part of you abounding to every good work. Every good work. You are able to be a blessing, not to give a reason. Be a blessing. Stop giving reasons. The reason I cannot help you is because of the... No, I'm a blessing every time. Can I have an amen to that? Give me that scripture in the Amplified Classic. I want you to get this, get this, get this. Impossible is nothing with God. Everybody, let's read it together. And God is able to make how much grace? 
In fact, he now broke all grace down into every favor. When he says every favor, does that also include favor at the embassy? <laughs> every favor. Does that include favor before your VC? Does that include favor before the president of your country? Regardless of his religion, wherever you find yourself, you find favor. Can I have an amen to that? The bus conductor favors you. The vulcanizer favors you. The engineer favors you. The doctor favors you. The lawyer favors you. Are you, are you feeling the vibe this morning? Every favor. And earthly cursing. Earthly what? After all, blessing is not a wrong word. May God bless you. An earthly blessing. Come to you in abundance. Notice he's not just talking about spiritual blessing there. He says, including earthly blessing. Earthly blessing. You want to pay your bills? If you're not able to pay your bills, it's not nice. You want to register for a professional exam and you don't have money for it? It's not nice. The Bible says God will also make earthly blessing come to you. In what proportion? Two people came to church. In what proportion? Do you know abundance? Plenty. Some say, like to say plenty. Some say plenty. Plenty. Nyafu, nyafu. God is able to make it come to you. You are not the one hustling for it. It is coming to you. May you stop being a hustler in the name of Jesus. We are not hustlers. We are blessed. Can I have an amen to that? We work hard. We work smart. But we are not hustlers. Hustle is a curse word. It has the same roots of sweating. Hustle! Double your hustle. It's not for children of God. We work. No doubt about it. We go to work. We read, we do whatever we have to do, but we are blessed because there is, a, there is a supernatural hand upon what we do. Are you with me? Come to you in abundance. Not you going after it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Come to you in abundance so that you may sometimes talk to me, church, if you are there. So that you may always do what? And under, listen, and under how many circumstances? All circumstances. And whatever the need, whatever the need, whatever the need, clothing need, shoes needs, academic needs, spiritual needs, material need, financial need, moral need, whatever the need, be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance. Can you see abundance again? <laughs> and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Will it be nice if you adopt an orphanage and every month you credit them with 50,000 naira? Would that be nice? Three people came to church. See, the reason your yes sir was low was because for the most part, we have a, a mindset that has been conditioned like this world. When you have a little, save it. 
Don't give to anybody, especially in this economy. Wise up, oh. Don't give anybody. We're not a patient. <laughs> May God really bless you. This is the season, this is the period to give. This is the season, this is the period to be a blessing to people. People are hurting, people are dying, people are committing suicide. Somebody died of stampede. I hope the Milade is in church again this morning. Somebody died of stampede in Lagos where they went to hustle for food stuff. That is not supposed to be the portion of God's children. Are you with me, church? The Bible says that you will be furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. But you have more than enough. Two people came to church. Let me begin to wrap this up. So we know these are just examples of what God is able to do. I've just given you about three scriptures of God's abilities. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask a thing. God, according to uh, Matthew 3, 9, God is able to raise children from stones. There are so many God is able, God is able in the Bible. If you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find them there. Are you with me, church? All righty. So, um, Angel Gabriel also came to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. I'm going to be in two verses, verse 26 and then verse 37. Luke 1, 26 on the screen, please. Luke 1, 26. Now, let's read this together. Uh, you see, when we read together, I, I always want us to do this because it helps you to uh, register the scripture in your spirit. When you read with your mouth and you read out loud, it will go from your mouth through your ears into your heart. Okay? And practice this when you read your Bible on your own. Read out loud. Don't always read quietly and silently. Read out loud. Alright, so let's go. One, two, go. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Abuja. <laughs> Where was he sent from? From God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So I wanted to put this somewhere in the cooler of your mind that God sent Gabriel. So this is the idea. Gabriel was with God, all right, in heaven. And God said, Gabriel, he said, sir, yes, sir. Now you need to go to a city of Galilee, all right, a city of Galilee named Nazareth. That's where you have an assignment. And I'm sending you to a virgin espoused to a young man called Joseph. The name of the virgin is Mary. And I'm going to give you the address. Sir, yes, sir. So he was sent from God. This man, this being, this supernatural being that was sent from God called Gabriel brought a message. Let's look at verse 37. Verse 37, quickly. What did he say? After delivering the message, the lady, the young lady thought, ah, how can this be? I'm a young woman. I, I don't know a man yet. I've, I've never had sex. I don't know how to be married. I don't know how to be pregnant. I got no clue. <laughs> Somebody laughed. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and overshadow you. And the power of the Almighty will go into you and plant the seed of God in you. You are going to carry God's baby. And this lady still couldn't understand. What exactly are you talking about? And the angel said, you can't always figure out the ways of God in your little mind. Your mind is too small to figure out God. He said, for with God, impossible is nothing. 
Should we believe the words of this angel? Okay, two people came to church. Should we believe the words of this angel? Why should we believe? He came from Abuja. The angel came from Ghana. No, I figure he came from Galilee itself. Where did he come from? From God. That's why I made you read that verse earlier. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. If somebody is sent to you from God, should you believe what they say to you? Do you believe Pastor Fred was sent from God this morning? Should you believe what he says to you? And what is he saying to you in this season? Impossible is nothing. The problem is here. The problem is in our head. We think too small. We rationalize God. We, we, we try to summarize him. We try to analyze him. What he can do, what he cannot do. Your head is too small to analyze God. Are you with me? Let's also check out the words of King Jesus. Do you believe that King Jesus also came from God? Okay, so he also made a statement. Matthew 19, 26. Quickly, Matthew 19, 26. Matthew 19, 26. All right? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is what? Come and talk to me, church. Impossible, but with God. A few things are possible. Some things are possible. Most things are possible. Almost all things are possible. How many things are possible with God? Glory be to God. Is it possible that you are blessed by God? Is it possible that your background does not determine your future? All things. Jesus said so. Jesus came from the Father. In fact, I think it's John 14, 10. He said to us in the B part of it, he said, the words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. So, when Jesus was saying this, that all things are possible with God, he got it from God. Can I have an amen? amen. I want to beg you, church, take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God. What exactly is the problem? There are three areas I've identified, and this is where we'll close for today. Three areas I've identified by the help of the Holy Spirit. Number one, how come, that, how come is it that we're not experiencing nothing is impossible? How come we're still facing uphill tasks that look as though they will never go away? Problems, sicknesses in our bodies that look as though they are just there forever because they are, do you call them congenital? When you inherit from your parents, you got them from their DNA, you got them, it, it killed grandpa, it, it, it's, it's, that is suffering from it now. And I'm feeling the symptoms already. With men, it might be impossible. But not with God. For with God, that thing will get out of your body and it will never come back. Two people came to church. Yeah. Number one. It's a faith problem. Somebody say faith problem. Okay. I said it's a faith problem. Somebody say faith problem. I want to identify the problems. What are the problems? How come? I mean, because uh, some of us is like we were born and raised in church. We know all the scriptures. You've done everything. 
but it looks as though your life is just not improving. How come I, I can't move forward? How come there are still limits over my destiny? Faith problem. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus puts the believers in a very special category. He put them in the class of God. And I'll explain that. You know, in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, for with men, this might be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Is that right? 19, 26. All things are possible. Is that right? Okay, so in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. Mark, now go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus made another statement. Should we believe Jesus? Should we believe Jesus? Alright, so what did he say? Let's read it. Let, read from the screen, everybody. Look at your screen. Wherever you are seated, you are, there's a screen in front of you. And make it out loud. One, two, go. What did he say unto them? If thou canst believe, most things are possible to him that believeth. A few things are possible. What is all? Come on, talk to me, church. How much is all? An American preacher did a research on the word all. Spent hundreds of thousands of US dollars just checking from every language, from language to language, what is the meaning of all? What's the meaning of all? What's the meaning of all? He checked and checked and checked. One day he came back to his church and said, Church, I have a submission to you. Having spent so much money and so much time researching the word all, I found out that the word all is all. No exception. Jesus said, Unto him, if you can believe, how many things are possible to him that believes? He said all things. But you're not God. He put you in the class of God. Faith puts you in the God class. Because God is a faithful God. Everything God does, he does by his faith. God looked at darkness in Genesis chapter 1. He never reiterated darkness. He saw darkness and he said, light be. And light was. The writer of Romans picked that up in Romans 4 from verse 16. And began to talk about Abraham and talked about God. And said, God calls the things that be not as though they were. Larry, come here. Wow. So there's a brother in this church called Larry. How did you get here? Through my name. No! Your name didn't bring you here? How did you get here? He's a mathematician. How did you get here? You called me, sir. I called you. Put your hands together for him. He wasn't here before. He was over there. I called him. He showed up. What are you calling forth into your life? Call forth healing. Call forth blessings. Call forth favor. Call forth promotion. Whatever you call will come. Are you with me, church? Go sit down. God bless you, brother. Put your hands together for him. It's a faith problem. Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. If Falaka believes, how many things are possible to her? How about Chidima? If she believes, how many things are possible to her? How about Damlela? If he believes, how many things are possible to him? How about you all? If you believe, how many things are possible to you this week? No exception. All things. Faith puts you in the class of God. But many times, we don't walk by faith. We walk by sight. 
We look at the enormity of the problem. We look at the bigness of our challenges. Ah, this one is too big. This one passed me. Oh, the fact that this one passed me does not pass God. Are you with me? It may pass you. There's one generator, small generator, that generates electricity in Nigeria. It's called, I pass my neighbor. <laughs> because we compete, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm better than my neighbor. But nothing passed God. Are you with me? Now that's street English. Proper English. Nothing is bigger than God. God can handle everything. That you cannot handle it does not mean that God cannot handle it. Are you with me, church? But Jesus made a statement. He said all things are possible to him. Not only for God now. He said to him, to Angela that believes. To Michael that believes. To Tosi that believes. To Paul that believes. To Chidera that believes. To Oni that believes. To fourth year that believes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. To Shekinah that believes. All things are possible to everyone that believes. Faith puts you in the God class. God doesn't walk by sight. He walks by faith. And we're not supposed to be walking by sight. We're supposed to be walking by faith. Second Corinthians 5-7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Don't look at the economy of Nigeria and judge your life based on that. Oh boy. As it, as it is right now, man, I don't even know how one will survive. You don't know? How have you been surviving? And we are not just meant to survive in these dry times, in these dark times. We are meant to thrive. Tell your neighbor it's time to thrive. It's time to be led by the Holy Spirit. Listen to him for instructions. Listen to him for insight, for concepts and ideas that will make you thrive. Listen. He might tell you, get into the studio, wax an album. God. I've not done any single. Wax an album if that's your field. Draw up that next design. Go to market. Buy the material. Buy the fabrics. Design it. Put it on your, what do you call that thing? Uh, uh, money, money. Money coin. <laughs> put, it, put it on the money coin and put it out there. Display it. Somebody will just be driving past. God knows how to organize things. Somebody will just be driving one day and will look at that and say, ah, this is beautiful. Let me park and let me, let me go into that shop. Uh, hello, um, um, I want to believe you made this. Oh, yes. C can you make um, something like, exactly like this for me? Yes, I can. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yes, ma'am. Okay, so take my measurement now. I don't take nonsense. Make sure you don't make any mistakes, all right? So how much do you charge? No, it's just 12000 per gown, apart from the fabrics. You bring the fabrics, I'm going to sew it for 12,000. 12,000 naira, ah, isn't that too much? Ah, ma, it's not too much. You know the way things are right now. And you know, a beautiful woman like you, oh, oh, you're even psyching me, a beautiful woman. Okay, for saying that, I'm going to make you 15,000. And I want to make four. Does that sound good? And then she comes back and she picks the phone. She likes, oh my God, this girl is a genius. And then she calls somebody in London. What, my same picture comes in WhatsApp, let's see. Amen. And then she's already getting you customers. Can I have an amen to that? Get rid, get rid, get rid of your mindset and change it. I'm in Mokola and so what? Faith. And one good part of faith is that faith always has corresponding action to it. So it's not enough to pray in the Holy Ghost alone. Listen for instruction, do what it says. That is when your faith is complete. James 2.17, your faith is dead without works. What does the works mean there? It means corresponding action. 
corresponding action. Some of you tech guys begin to do dummy project. Do dummy project that you can show somebody in case they say pitch your idea. Have something to pitch. Can you show me some of your works? Well, uh, um, uh, 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 my laptop crashed. If I give you a dirty slam, your laptop crashed. What about iCloud? Have you never, have you, ever, you never heard of saving stuff on iCloud? Let's see some of the stuff you've done. I, I, I don't have it. You have an Instagram account? Yes, I do. But can you show some stuff? Um, I, I hardly go there. But you go on Instagram every day, checking out twerk, 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 twerk. Is that what's going to bring food to your table? Will that ever bring you a breakthrough? Why are you wasting your time on junk? Don't you know what you eat determines your health? Doctors can tell us that. Nursing students can tell us that. That's why they tell us to eat balanced diet. Vegetables, water, protein, carbohydrate, put everything, let it be moderation. But you eat junk, junk, junk every time. Donuts every time, puff, puff every time, puff, 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 every time. It will tell on your health. Other twer, 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 they're junks. Let me tell you a law in the kingdom before I move on to the next point. It's a principle in the Bible. It's a law in the kingdom. Listen to me, church. It is unto every man according to their faith. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm going to preach to you right now. Speak American English to them. Say, I'm going to preach to you right now. It's unto you according to your faith. Tell them, say, neighbor, when you see my faith producing results, don't fight me. Don't even beef me. Work on your own faith. Because the just shall live by his faith. So say to them, it is unto you, according to your faith. Can I have an amen to that? I'm going to show you that very quickly. Matthew 18, I'm sorry, Matthew 8, 13. 8, 13. It's a, it's a principle, something Jesus said. In Matthew 8, 13, the centurion came to him. I don't have time for the story, but I want to see this. Jesus said unto the centurion, go your way as thou hast believed. My goodness, I love me King James. It makes me shout. As thou. All these other contemporary translations are just so easy. As you believe. No, I don't like as you believe. As thou. <laughs> believed. Jesus said, so be it done unto thee. Did he say, as your, as your pastor has believed, so be it unto you. As your parent has believed, so be it done to you. No, not as your daddy has believed. Not as your mom has believed. As you. As you. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Notice, it is unto you according to your faith. Go to Matthew chapter 9 verse 29. Matthew 9 29. Note, note the scriptures. 8, 13, 9, 29. And then from 9, 29, we're going to go into 15, 28. 9, 29. Good. Then touched he their eyes. Two blind men came to him and they said, Master, heal us. And they followed, followed him to his house. And he said to them, do you believe I can do it? He said, yeah, we know you can do it. And he touched their eyes, singing, according to your faith. Does that sound like as you have believed? Talk to me, church. If you are awake. Does that sound like as you have believed? Exactly the same thing. According to your faith, be it unto you. Did he say, according to my power? Come on, talk to me, church. Did he say, because I'm Jesus, receive your sight. <laughs> Do you believe Jesus is in this service this morning? Yes. 
But hey, it's going to be unto every one of us, each of us, according to our individual faith. He's always in the house. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I don't need to go look for Jesus on some prayer mountain somewhere in Monia. He's right here, right now. He's in your room. When you invite him to your room, invite Jesus to your room. Stop inviting demons through demonic music and demonic movies into your room. You always fellowship with spirits. Maybe you don't know that. We are never alone. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Invite the presence of Jesus through worship. And talk to him. He will come to your room. Peter was sinking in Matthew 14. He was sinking on the water. And he cried. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. Save me. The Lord Jesus walked back, went to Peter, dragged him up out of the water. And both of them walked to the boat. If Jesus would go to Peter to help him, he will come to you. Three people said amen. amen. Lord, come to those who said amen. amen. We're doing that for you. Unto you according to your faith. Let's go to 1529 quickly. 1529. 1528 rather. 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto, unto her, Oh, woman. This was the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was grieved with the devil. And Jesus said, hey, now, healing is, is the children's bread. And I can't give children's bread to dogs. And she said, I may be a dog, but dogs are entitled to the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Their little master's table. Jesus said, oh, woman, great is the faith. It's always a faith problem. He said, be it unto thee. According to my sonship in God. Was that what he said? Be it unto you according to my anointing. If I be a man of God. Like some Nigerian ministers. They boast a lot. If I be a man of God. Cameroon will not win Nigeria. Many, many times their predictions have failed. And some have turned the altar of God. Into soccer prediction table. Like one of them, whose church is not far from here. He predicted Nigeria. What was the, what, that country that beat Nigeria? We beat them, then they beat us. Cote d'Ivoire. He said it's going to be 2-1. And it was going to be in the favor of Nigeria. It was 2-1, Lothar. <laughs> but was that in the favor of Nigeria? People had planned to party that night. Man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I hardly watch football. But when I catch my family watching football, I join them. I used to play football. I used to play soccer a lot. But somehow along the line, man, life happened. I lost interest. You got, got bills to pay. So, okay, okay. You know what I mean? But that night, in fact, my wife said, let's go to our neighbors. We, we have these neighbors downstairs so that we'll enjoy it. So we went there. My son, my daughter, everybody, and, and, and their own kids as well. We're all shot. Yeah, yeah, come. I almost hit the table. I said, yeah, oh mommy, oh mommy. That's, that's my boy. That's my boy, man. That's... Man, at the end of the match, you know what happened? To your tent, to Israel. So we'll see you tomorrow morning. We were all deflated. And I, I went on WhatsApp on my status and I wrote, where are all the prophecies? Jesus is not like that. Jesus said it's according to your faith. Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will be it unto you according to your faith. Your faith is great. So you have it according to your faith. 
and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Listen to me. Impossible is nothing. But it will be unto you, baby girl, be unto you, young man, according to your faith. And I have an amen to that. So if I were you, I build my faith. Habakkuk 2.4 already tells us the just shall live by his faith. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto every man, unto everyone that believes, to the Jews first and then to the Greeks. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. These are the days that the just shall live by faith. I said it last week or two weeks ago, I'll say it again. The days in which we live, these days are putting a challenge, a demand on our faith. If you're a Christian, this is the time to know. If you're a faith person, this is the time. It's either you have faith or, or you're fake. This is the time to know. Very challenging times. And I love them. Because these times are designed not to kill us. They are designed to strengthen, to help us exercise our faith muscles. Faith is like muscles. You either use it or you lose it. That's why if you look at some of the guys in this church, few of them, I'm not looking in their direction. They can't wear armless. Because if they do, we'll see that their muscle is flabby. They're not like their pastor. But some are like me in this church. Glory be to God. They, they go to the gym and they pump iron. They pump iron, pump iron, pump iron. You can see the biceps. Can't you see it? Glory to God. If you can't see it, you're walking in the flesh. Got to walk by faith. Amen, hallelujah. Number two, what is the problem again? Apart from faith, what again is the problem? It's a mindset problem. It's a mindset problem. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's a mindset problem. A mindset problem. Some people already have the mindset that, Oh, look, it's, this thing cannot be done. It can't work in Nigeria. What is it that can't work in Nigeria? If it doesn't work for anybody, it doesn't mean that it won't work for you. Oh, you're reading music? Oh, music. <laughs> you better go and take jam and read medicine. Well, music. You won't sell. Well, for others, it might not work because I'm a child of God. It's going to work for me. Can I have an amen? Because the Bible says in Psalm 1, listen, you must have a scripture, especially for the naysayers. Give them something to go and chew. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, in fact, take it from verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but is delighted in the law of the law, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he said, whatsoever. He didn't say if he studies medicine only, he shall prosper. What happens to the nurses if only doctors prosper? What happens to the physiotherapists if only doctors prosper? What happens to the healthcare assistants if only doctors prosper in the hospital? What happens? What happens? What happens to the lawyers if only doctors prosper? He said whatsoever he doeth. I'm a whatsoever he doeth person. Whatever I do prospers. Amen? Are you one of us? Are you a member of the kingdom of God? So whatever you do should prosper. Can I have an amen? amen? But be led by God. Don't be led by your brain. Don't, do, don't venture into business because one of your friends ventured into it and she did well. Be led by God. The plan of God for your life cannot be photocopied. Don't run by God's plan for someone else's life. 
In fact, those of you in nursing school, med school, listen to me, you have your different areas of specialty. God might be calling you to pediatrics and he's calling someone else to obstetrics and gynecology. Don't copy. I say, oh, Yeshua is into pediatrics. My Lord, my God, she's a member of our church. Glory to God. That means the anointing of pediatrics on Pastor Fred is in the church. Pastor Fred is not a medical doctor. He's a spiritual doctor. Amen? And he's an all-rounder. So if somebody has cancer, he's going to pray for them. Somebody, somebody wants to give back, he'll pray for them. Somebody is coughing, he will pray for them. Whatever. So don't, don't, don't do that. Don't copy someone else's plan. What is God's plan for your life? The fact that you are a photographer and there's another photographer in church and they are doing well in what they are doing, don't copy what they are doing. Ask God for your own. Lord, what do you want me to do? What area do you want me to specialize in? Are you with me, church? Because God, you are so unique, nobody has your fingerprint. Somebody say, I love Jesus. I'm, I'm so unique. You can't copy this. Now, you cannot. I'm so unique, man. It makes me feel so special. Not only me, you are so special. Can I have an amen? Okay, five people said amen. Lord, make them special. Mindset. Mindset. I can spend the whole day on this point alone. But I'll make this very snappy so we can wrap it up. I'll give you, I'll show you pictures of two different people now. Remember last Sunday or two Sundays ago, I spoke about a particular minister in Germany. Media, get ready who was in charge of the economy of a particular province in Germany. This man killed himself. That's his picture on the screen. He killed himself at the... You know the time they announced the global lockdown? 2020? COVID-19. This man took his life. His body was found close to the railway... Why? His associate said he was worried about fellow Germans. How they were going to cope because of the pandemic. Because the, the burden was too much on him. He felt, look, how would my people cope? Mindset. Are you Jesus Christ? Are you the savior of the Germans? This is a picture of some people. You are worried so worried that the worried call you worried. You are an ultimate warrior. You worried about your past? You are worried even right now about what you're going to eat this afternoon. And you're already worried about tomorrow. May the Lord deliver you. His name, his name was uh, Thomas. Thomas. The, uh, any German student here? How do you pronounce S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R? Schaeffer or Schaeffer. It, this is very painful. People who knew this man. I had to go back online because, you know, I made that statement during my preaching. And some people might say, oh, Pastor, you don't this fabu, fabu. How can somebody kill himself because of a country? I read it. I don't come here to tell you rubbish. I do my research. So during the week, I went back. I said, Pastor, because I usually listen to my message. Every message, I go back and listen. What did I say right? What did I say right? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? 
When I got the picture, I took the screenshot. I wanted to send to the HOM's platform. I said, no, let me hold on till Sunday. This man, go read up on him. This is on Al Jazeera. German state minister kills himself as coronavirus hits economy. Coronavirus is gone now. Is Germany still existing? Are there still people in Germany? In fact, we have about three churches in Germany as I speak to you. We have our main church in Berlin, Germany, pastored by Pastor Mo and Pastor Shede Mo, uh, Muyojo, and so don't think they are Germans. And then we have another church um, in another part of Germany. Then we have a third church in uh, Hanover. Hanover is pastored by Ayode Giadio, my boy. He used to be with me in UI. He was here in the Expression House. And so God is also going to send some of you to the nations. Can I have an amen to that? Some of you to Cameroon, amen? Amen, hello. Okay, to Canada. Oh my God! Look at, and I just told you now, follow God's plan for your life. And no, Pastor, actually, let's get to Germany first, to Canada first. We will not get to Canada. If it's not too cold, we will now decide whether it's the will of God or not. Ah, don't do that. Don't walk by sight. Amen. This man walked by sight. He didn't walk by faith. And he had a mindset. A wrong mindset. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I will show you other pictures. Put this down. Don't bring those ones up yet. Some of you think, well, pastor, I'm 30 now. Or I'm 29. I'm 27. Can I go back to school? At my age? Yes. Yes. One of the things that I have seen over the years as a pastor and as a Christian is that when people give their lives to Christ, usually they want to go back to education. Because the gospel brings light. There is a part of you that is not satisfied. You feel, look, I can do more. Those of you that have a first degree already, you want to go for your master's. Those of you that have got a master's, you want to go for your PhD. And there's some of you, you've not gone to school at all. You just went to secondary school and you had your SSC and you passed. But life happens. Nobody to sponsor you. I know. I'm like you. I know. I've been there. Some of us pay for our work ourselves. We paid for work. We had to work. We had to labor. Forget the English that Pastor Fred is speaking. This is, this is just grace. Don't think, oh, Pastor Fred had it all figured out. Like his dad used to drop him in school. Yes. <laughs> he used to drop him. And they carry and drop you. That's in church. We are where we are today by the grace of God. It is not too late. Help me tell your neighbors it is not too late. I want to share very quickly some pictures with you of a sister in this church. She was in the adult church. She was my friend. She was a lawyer. Can you put up the picture where she was a lawyer? No, no, no. Who is that on the system? She was a lawyer. And she practiced for many years here in Nigeria. We're good friends. Then, for some reason, I think she wanted to give birth. And so she relocated to the U.S. And God intervened. She gave birth. And she couldn't return at the time because of certain complications post-childbirth. The next thing I saw, she went back to school at over 40. In fact... Maybe about 43, 44 at the time. And she took up some maybe diploma course in nursing. She became an RN. A full-fledged 
barrister at law of the Supreme Court in Nigeria. She became an RN. She didn't stop at RN. She went back to the uni in the United States and bagged a BSN, a Bachelor of Nursing. Can you give me the picture? See her? She's a full-fledged nurse today. Oh, no, maybe she's still young. Show, give me the picture of her birthday. Birthday, yeah. Birthday picture. Let them see her age. She's 50 now. She turned 50 this year. She just became a full-fledged nurse maybe like last year or two years ago. So, what's the problem? No, I can't write jump again, Pastor. You can't understand. I've written jump three times. I didn't fail. But you, I didn't pick me because of cut off. <laughs> and I even, I'm sure I met the cut off spiritually. I now did post jump, but they now did Ojuro. So you're not going to do it again. Go back and 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 do it again. Can I have an amen? Impossible is nothing. If a lawyer could become a nurse, <laughs> all she knew in Nigeria was law. She never attended science. She was in science class. She didn't do biology, chemistry, physics. Maybe she did biology as a general subject, but not physics and chemistry. And to be a medical student, this is an award-winning medical student in our church. Very brilliant. The girl with the mini gown. Your gown is fine. Baby girl. And this is another one. Very smart. Yeshua. These people, now you guys, and um, Debbie, my protocol officer, and um, how many of you guys? Four or five of you? Dear Kola, yeah, but she's not in church this morning. You guys need to reproduce yourselves. Because your generation cannot just leave this church and go abroad and we don't have medical students. We should have plenty of them here. So they can combine the word of God with medicine. Amen? So as, as they administer medicine in the name of Jesus, they speak life. And all the nursing students, wonderful people. Look, listen, listen. No matter who you are, you can do anything. If a lawyer can become a nurse... A carpenter can still be a medical doctor. I have read the story of a man, I think a Nigerian too, maybe in the US or so, who was into carpentry. But there was this dream and this vision in him that would not die. There are some of you that are carrying something and that thing is crying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. Don't let it die, oh. If it dies, you know I don't curse. But you, you will give account to God. Don't let it die. That vision is from God. That desire that won't let you sleep in the night, that is consistent with the word of God, is from God. For some of you, it is to open a business. But you're asking, what if, what if, what if nobody comes? Excuse me, what if everybody comes? Business, do you know, is just a matter of, it's a game of numbers. Just like politics. If God gives you an idea, and all you make on a single customer is 10 naira. Don't worry. You know what you need? Numbers. Let that one customer tell another customer, tell another customer. If you have 1,000 customers times 10, how much is that? How much is that? 10,000. If you have another times 10, 10,000 times 10, how much is that? 
If you have 100,000 times 10, how much is that? It's just a matter of numbers. And then somebody takes your products and takes it to Ghana. And Ghana says, oh, this is Nigerian jollof. I like this. And then it goes viral. Somebody takes it to Cameroon. It goes viral. Somebody says, okay, I'm taking it to the UK. It goes viral. In, no, in one year, you are made. There was a guy, Alex. I can't remember his last name. In the UK, this guy was the first guy, a Nigerian guy, who designed ringtone. Ringtone. Ringtone for mobile phone. When you call. Back in the day, it was... That's iPhone. What's Nokia? They now design something. So when people call you, they will hear something nice. Like a nice tune. All this color tune that our people have hijacked now. It was that guy. Before anybody had that idea, it was that guy. And he was making one pound per ringtone. One pound. Multiply one pound by 157,000 subscribers. 157,000 pounds. That's enough to put down for mortgage to buy a home in the UK. Young guy, may God give you ideas. May God give you concepts. May God give you insights. And as God gives you, may they, may, may they not die. May you not kill them. Mindset. Mindset. I live with this church. How far are you willing to stretch your imagination? How rich is your imagination? God works with imagination. Do you know that imagination is a gift from God? In Genesis 11 and verse 6, God came down and said, these guys are one. The people are one. Are you listening to me, church? The people are one, their language is one, and there is nothing that they have imagined to do that would be impossible to them. Let's go and confuse their language. They were building a tower. That tower today is called the Tower of Babel. Babel means confusion because God confused their language. Otherwise, they would have built a tower that would reach up to heaven. You wouldn't need a visa to go to heaven. You wouldn't need to die to go to heaven. You want to take an excursion? Just go to heaven and then, hello God, how you doing, sir? Um, you know the way the things, things are in Nigeria? All right, take care of me, make me the president, and then you come back. <laughs> I'm the next. It's my turn. Are you with me, church? These guys, whatever God said, listen, God said whatever they imagined to do. 11.6, put it on the screen for me, please. I'm, ramp I'm wrapping up now. I might not be able to take the third point. 11.6, Genesis 11.6. Genesis 11.6. And the Lord said, who said? What did he say? Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now, and now, nothing will be restrained from them which they have. Come on, church. Come on, church. Can you use your imagination positively? Can you imagine yourself being well? Respond. Can you imagine yourself being whole? Can you imagine yourself successful? Can you imagine yourself wealthy? Can you imagine yourself being used of God to raise the dead? Imagination. Well, you know where the devil waits for us? He helps us to imagine bad, bad stuff. Imagine you die now. Let's say, let's say, for example, now you're on a bike now. Imagine the bike goes under a trailer. 
You know those are the kind of imaginations we see every day. And we take those imaginations to bed in the night. That's why you see yourself having all kind of funny dreams. The devil trying to manipulate your imagination. How can I turn my imagination to my advantage? I stop here. Renew your mind with the word of God. Romans 12 and verse 2. In verse 1, it says, do not, it says to present your body as a living sacrifice to God. In verse 2, it says, but be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is nothing as powerful as a renewed mind. Listen to me, church. When your mind is renewed to the word of God, it's easy to believe God. Your heart, your spirit man believes God, transforms that to your mind. Your mind takes it hook, line, sinker, boat, fisherman, river. A mind that is renewed to the word of God will believe God's promises easily. Do you know that this time tomorrow, a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria, two measures of barley at the gate of Samaria? Oh, yes, sir. Be it unto me according to the word of God. That's a renewed mind. And not renewed mind. Man of God, 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 man of God. If God were to make windows in heaven, might this thing be? Elisha or Denichio. You shall see with your eyes, but I swear, you know, go chop. Nah. The next day, the man saw the surplus. Surplusage. It was so surplus. They started selling a measure of fine flour for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel. A shikini money at the gate of Samaria. But the man died by stampede. I hope the ladies is in church this morning. She's my girl. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let, let me finish this message, please. Point number three. Point number three. And then we're going to say the grace now. Your thoughts. What, what, what's the problem? Number one is the faith problem. You remember that? Number two, what's the problem? Mindset. Number three, your thoughts affect your words. And your words can stand against God. Your words can stand against God. I wish I had the time to read Malachi 3. Malachi 3 from verse 8 to 18. Write it down. We don't have time to read it. But in one of the verses there, God said, your words have been stout against me. I think verse 14. Malachi 3. Check verse 13 for me. 13, 14. 12, 13, 14. 13. Good. Your words have been stout against me. Now, so I say, oh, stout? Is there stout in the Bible? Thank God there's stout in the Bible. Let's drink some more stout. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Your words have been stout against me. Give that to me in NLT. New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Thank you, media. You're doing a great job this morning. God bless you. I love you. What did he say? You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You know what they said against God? Is it profitable to serve God? Why are you keeping yourself as a virgin before you get married? Doesn't pay. Bad boys are making money. They are doing church boy, church boy. Oh, my, you're going to die broke. Babe. And the Christians are thinking, oh, more. It'd be like so. And it seems the Bible says, heaven helps those who help themselves. There is not a space in the Bible for that statement. It's from the pit of hell. 
So God heard what they were saying. And God opened the book of remembrance. And God said, I will make them in the days I make up my jewels. I will keep them as my jewels. And I will make a distinction between those who serve me and those who do not. And I'm saying that in this season, impossible will be nothing before you in the name of Jesus. Because God will go ahead of you and simplify problems. Can I have an amen to that? See, solution providers are the rich people. All it takes is for you to identify a problem in your locality, provide a solution, money comes looking for you. Somebody thought, oh, people are thirsty, they need water every time. They started packaging water in bottles. Somebody thought, oh, that might be expensive for some people. Can we make it in sachet? There was no pure water in 1980, between 1981, 1980 and 19, maybe 88. Maybe 1990. I started hearing of pure water maybe in my, in my teenage years. Maybe in 1993, 94, we had of deal pure water. And then other pure water started springing up. Then my uncle also started making pure water, professor of physiology. Summit pure water. And his granddaughter is in the house this morning. So that was when pure water began. Before that time, there was no pure water. There was nylon water. Nylon. Transparent nylon. You tie it. Mama put it in the fridge. It's cold. You put it in a, in, a, in a barrel. You put some ice blocks. Put it on your head. You go hawk. You go to Sabo during Ramadan and sell. One cobble, ten cobble. But somebody thought, no, no, no. There's, there's some people who are not low class. They're middle class. They're not high class. So they can't afford ragolis. Ragolis was the popular table water at the time. Bottle water. They can't afford ragolis, but they are also too posh for nylon water. Can we do something for them in the middle? Sachet water, which you call pure water now started. An idea. Solve a problem. Money will come. Somebody thought, okay, there are people I mean, who can sit in the comfort of their, of their homes. They should be able to order food. They don't have to go somewhere to buy food. Today, all it takes is just an app, right? Just a few... A few Fingers, just flip your fingers, you order, and then they, they come and deliver in your, in your home. And, and you pay, and you eat the meal. Somebody identified a problem, and God gave them the solution. Can you imagine if God gives you the solution of how vehicles can run on water? In some nations of the world now, they're not using fossil fuel anymore. They're not depending on fossil fuel. Now they have electric cars. And gradually, it's coming into Nigeria. A particular governor in the north has bought some. And they're using them for taxi now. I think Meduguri or so, Bono State. Taxi. And it's a hundred and to your destination. They don't have to buy fuel. People are thinking, may God give you ideas. If they ever told you that cars would run on electricity or electric power, would you believe that? That all you need to do is charge the battery. Would you say, ah, 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 pastor. like where technology is going. You know it's not waiting for anybody. Have you seen some AI pictures? <laughs> I saw the picture of a lady, a friend of mine said, ah! So this is what you should have been. <laughs> oh, fine, Baje. But in real life, oh, God finished making her, God rested. I said, this AI thing, hey, 
I hope it will not be breaking relationships and marriages. Though. Because if you send me your picture, and then boom, it's AI. Then the day you go on the date, and you see the real person, are you she that is to come? or <laughs> Stand on your feet, everybody. Have you been blessed today? Say, impossible is nothing. I want that to be registered in your spirit as you go into this week. This is not a church where I give you theory, theory, theory. That's why I've given you some practical tips. That's why I make jokes. That's why I say things you can relate to because I don't want you to forget. Have you truly been blessed today? Please, when you get home today, get back to your hostel, to your home, to wherever you've come from. Sit down, you with the Holy Spirit, and tell him to give you the specifics of what he wants you to do, of how you can profit from this series of messages. Get the one I preached last week. It's free. We don't sell it in this church. It's free. Maybe next year we'll start selling, but for now it's free. Get it. Get the one for last week where I started from. Get the one for today. Listen again and say, Holy Spirit, give me actionable plans. What and what and what do you want me to do? And I tell you, he will give you. James 1.5. I leave you with that for today. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to, who gives to all men liberally and does not find fault or breedeth not. That's the meaning. And it shall be given him. Go ahead and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Go ahead, talk to God, everybody. I've heard your word. I want wisdom for specifics. Wisdom to know exactly how to turn this message into an actionable plan for my life. I want to be able to do something with it. I want to run with it. Everybody talk to God. One minute. Talk to God. He's not far away. He's so close. Talk to him, everybody. Please, everybody. Ushers, everybody. Everybody. Everybody talk to God. I want everybody in this church to be successful. It's my desire. And I know that God wants it that way as well. Talk to God, everybody. Maybe you make another prayer point. Lord, help me to destroy my wrong mindsets. Thinking too small. Thinking too little. Thinking too negatively. Being so sarcastic in my thinking. Being lethargic. Too laid back. Too fearful. Afraid to venture. God has given you an idea to have a clothing line. What have you done with that idea? You're afraid that nobody will patronize you. Say, God, help me. Help me. Help me. My brain needs washing. Wash my brain with the water of your word. We all need to be brainwashed. We all need to be brainwashed. But what is washing our brain is what is important. Let the word of God be the water, the water that washes your brain. So you can think like a child of God, not like a servant, not like a slave of Satan. Lord, help me. I need a mindset. I need a reorientation. Help me. Help me to see things the way you see them. Help me to even see my situation the way you see them. Some of you see your situation too big, too larger. I mean, too, it's like it's larger than life. God, help me to see it the way you see it. It's too small for God. You say it's too big. God says it's too small. 
have made you too small in my eyes. Choir, come up. Oh, Lord. Put these lyrics on the screen. Forgive me. And I have believed in a lie.